We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no, there's nothing better. That's why... When it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your host, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show, episode 210. Scott, good morning. It's early on Saturday because, as you were just saying, our lives have drastically changed and we have shit to do. We do have things to do. You're doing adult adulthood things, which is weird. Um, and having dinner parties and I have to go to some like party for where kids pet animals. I don't know what to expect. I don't really know what I'm doing. Totally out of place here. I'm going to wing it. Uh, but yeah, I got a hard clock because my wife is waiting with my, uh, with my son and we're going out to a petting zoo. I can't believe I just said that. Life comes at you fast. <laughs> it's, Life comes at you fast, man. It's, it's weird. <laughs> well, uh, how was the, yeah. uh, how was your weekend last weekend? Yeah, so that's what that's what I was gonna say. Do you want to you want to get the the shit talking over out of the way well, early with the Super I got Bowl, no room. Wanna... I really don't have much room to talk shit. It's just me. I just am curious as to where your mind is because, I mean, I tweeted I tweeted at you at one point and I knew what the response was gonna be. I was asking about your your where your cockiness level is. I don't remember when it was. I think you you guys were down by a couple touchdowns, maybe or ten. No, points. I remember exactly when it was. Okay. It was it was like midway through the third quarter <clears> and um the Pats just it was right after the drive when Gronk caught like 95 catches and and they scored it was, and I was after confident. that or before that i think it was before that because i think that happened right after i tweeted it i'm like of course okay yeah, so i think so that's what happened maybe i don't remember exactly what it was but yeah i mean the, the offense the offense i was confident that the offense would would score enough uh towards the end and i figured if brady had the ball at the end that they would win and that, that's what happened and it just he had the ball at the end and the, the Eagles made the play that was the number like that was the biggest play of the game. The oh yeah, there, there was there was no other um, like I guess that interception, uh, the the Pats interception towards the uh, no because that was it, something. It, it, it was it, uh, it reversed him and it was a seven point swing right there. I, I I get it, but 
but like it, it all boils down to that that one play and no the doubt. Eagles the Eagles defense made it the Patriots defense could not make any plays and uh I don't know it's weird because why because the Patriots should have lost the last 3 Super Bowls they were in is that why it's weird oh because God, you actually let's lost not, let's not start this oh. uh the it's weird because the uh Patriots fans are almost like not devastated about this it's just like well you know shit happens sometimes God, that makes me mad that that's a, that's annoying that, and, that and makes I, it even more annoying in all honesty uh, and and i almost i'm trying to think back to the yankees like at the end of their uh 90s dynasty like obviously i was devastated i was 12 years old when they lost to the diamondbacks in 2001 but i'm curious like were yankees fans like well you know sometimes it just doesn't go their way because they had just won three in a row four out of five so no that not that year that year was especially difficult just because of whole 9-11 thing and that Mm -hmm. was uh that was it didn't matter what happened before that for that particular world series just because it was such a unique situation that it was devastated. I was devastated that uh, when we lost that game. Like that was, yeah. that was a very bad game to lose. And honestly, nothing else mattered at that moment. And I think that, like as a fan, to me, if you're like one of those really good fans and you actually live and die with the team and the moment, then the Super Bowls or World Series before the the moment that you're in, they don't matter because right now you're in the emotion of that game in that moment with your team like if you're not devastated you can't just oh well we won last year or we won a couple of years like no that's bullshit like you should be emotionally tied to that moment in that moment i mean i agree i was i was upset that they lost but i now when i think about 2003 after the Yankees lost to the Marlins, I really don't think people cared as much because of how they beat the Red Sox. 2004 makes 2003 sour, but if you just stop time at the end of the World Series in 2003, I think a lot of Yankees fans were like, well, you know what? It was still a pretty sweet year with the way that they came back against Boston in that Game 7. Yeah, and again, there's 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 like very different scenarios when you're when you're talking about this because uh, the, the fact that they did come back and beat Boston in that year that it adds another element to, to what happened for in the postseason. And it almost is like you have your, your big victory and then you're going and then you got shell-shocked. It was like, a, you know, it was like they, they almost didn't look at the, uh, the World Series as the game, whereas they just came from like the battlegrounds and then they got, they, they got snuck up on. That's what it, it felt like. Yeah, and then... Like everybody was you... exhausted from the Boston series. Exactly, and that's how the Yankees played in that, two, in that yeah. World Series against the Marlins. Like it was just sluggish. Yeah, so it's it's um at the same time you still like you're emotional at the end like I'm not I'm not sitting back and like oh I won I, that's you know we've had a great we've had a great dynasty and that's why you know I'm not going to be upset about 2003 like no I'm, I'm mad like I'm mad I want to win the World Series <laughs> well we've had this hypothetical question a number of times on the podcast if you could change one outcome what would it be and we always come to two different things it's either the 2001 World Series Mariano actually closes it out yeah. or the 2000, uh, 2004 ALCS the Yankees close out Boston we're not even talking about the World Series in 2004 just don't don't choke away a three-game lead against Boston. And I feel like most Yankees fans lean that way. Well, I think it depends. Uh, it depends on on how old the person is as well. Because I think if you were at a certain age too, and you were going through two thousand one as not as uh, like you were what you said twelve years old. Yeah, it's. I think it's a different. It's a different outcome or a different perspective when you're looking at that game than I was twenty one years old in college. Like I had you know, just a different worldview at that point. And I, and I was very much in tune, like what was happening. I think at 12 years old, you're just not, you're not there mentally, you know, thinking about all these other things as well. So I I think it does depend on like where you are in life as well on, on how they affect you. 2004 was awful and just in a very different way. And that's, that's the biggest thing. So to me, it was 2001 because it was just like a devastating loss and just everything around it was devastating. And then 2004, it was right there but so very different emotionally. Yeah, and I think just to close out this Patriots talk, which I'm sure everyone listening right now is is ready to stab it, 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 I don't know. I like here. how you turned it into a Yankees talk, though. That's nice. That <laughs> yeah. was a nice little move. Maybe people, maybe Patriots fans in 10 years will look and say, you know, that was the last chance that the Brady-Belichick duo had because it's it's kind of been a soap opera in Foxborough since with Belichick and the whole uh, – ownership uh, triangle with Brady, Kraft and and Belichick and now McDaniel's went to the Colts and then and then left the Colts not even signing his contract. It's it's a pretty big uh, soap opera. So it's pretty interesting. I'm curious if that was the last time we see them in the Super Bowl. 
Yeah, I hope so. I really do. I hope it's <laughs> I hope it's the last time we see them in the Super Bowl for a very long time. Um, I hope I hope at some point they are so desperate for a Super Bowl they revert back to the old ass ugly uniforms that they used to have in like the eighties. Like that's that's the the joke of a team I want to see out in the field. That's those are the Patriots that I was a, a fan of. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember those Patriots. <laughs> Let's uh, bring it down to uh, reality and moving forward. We've got uh, finally some details, some firm details. You can buy tickets for the regular season events. And um, actually, I skipped over the spring training events. Didn't want to do that. March 23rd and 24th, you guys know we're going to be down in Tampa for the Friday and Saturday games. Uh, We have a small group sitting out in right field for that Friday game and then a large group. Uh, 30 plus people for that Saturday game. So if you're going to be down there, definitely tweet us, hit us up um, where you want to meet up with as many people as possible. It's going to be a nice, a nice warm up for the regular season events. Yeah, I've been getting some messages, too, also about spring training for people that didn't get in on the tickets, but either live down there or going to be down there asking if we were going to that brewery again. Um, and you know, we don't have any set plans right now, nothing like fixed and firm, but I guarantee we're going to be going out somewhere. Uh, that's just, that's just what, what happens when we go down there. So definitely hit us up and, uh, and, and, you know, hook up with us. Cause I'm sure we'll, we'll take a nice little crew out and, uh, and hit, hit Tampa and see what, what kind of uh, trouble we can get into. So the regular season events, the first one is April 7th and, uh, why, don't, why don't you go through some of the details on this? <clears throat> All right, so the first two games are, are ready to go. You go to the website, go to uh, the fan shop. Uh, I will also be posting a, an article on Bronx Pinstripe so that we can link to everything as well. But details and uh, tickets are ready to be purchased for April 7th and May 26th. So the April 7th game, which is versus Baltimore, it's the first weekend series, uh, Saturday 105 game. We're going to be doing a pregame at the dugout. Um, and what that pregame is entails is we got a whole bunch of drink specials uh, from the dugout, um, which in, they are a uh, $4, 16-ounce uh, domestic. They don't have their beer vendors deals yet in place, so uh, it's just going to be some domestic, whatever that is, uh, whatever they're, they get in the bar. Um, so a 16-ounce uh, can for 4 bucks. That's a hell of a deal. That's like at least 50% off what you would normally pay. And then also uh, you're going to be getting wristbands for these deals Uh in the package for the tickets, you also are going to be able to get a $10 pitcher which break uh, of domestic beer, which break down to like what, like two bucks of beer or something like that. So really good beer deals beforehand. Uh, the dugout is, is big and it goes like really deep inside that place. So we will be there. And it's also very close to the gate by the, um, uh, by the bleachers, which is one of the better gates to get into. So uh, definitely check that out. It's uh, 64 bucks which is, again, uh, we're, what we're trying to do is, is really bring you guys some value with the cost as well. I think the ticket price, the actual retail ticket price for this uh, for this in sections 205 and 206, which is where we'll be sitting, is actually more than the price that we're, uh, than we're offering to you guys. So that gives you a game ticket, um, a, wrist, a wristband for all the, the pregame uh, deals and the pregame party at the dugout, and then also a game day t-shirt. Uh, so all of that for 64 bucks, cannot beat it. Definitely hook, uh, get signed up for that, um, and tell your friends. Like this is the this is the thing. You guys are going to be going on the website. You're going to be purchasing uh, through our fan shop. And what I want you to do is just make sure you have your group. Get a group together and sign up together so that it's all in one neat place for me. Please help me out. <laughs> uh, what I will do is try to get you guys all sitting together um, as much as I possibly can. But we are all in one big block. So uh, worst case scenario, you'll be you know, generally very close to the, the people you're with, if not right. Yeah, you did them. a hell of a job last year to organize. Yeah, it's like a game of Tetris, <laughs> literally like a game of Tetris. Like I'm trying to fit people in and uh, it worked out. But um, and for this first one, we want to get like the April 7th. Like Scott said, it's the first weekend of the season. The place is going to be rocking yeah. anyway. Uh, we want to make this just we want to start with a bang. We want to make this event huge. So tell every Yankees fan you know it's such a good deal and it, and it's really just a kickoff to the season and a season that everybody is so excited for. Like every Yankees fan I talk to, um even if they're a casual fan or a diehard fan, they can't wait for this 2018 season. It's a perfect time to get to get in on the BP crew because it's it's going to be it's just the energy that we go into the stadium with and like throughout the entire game. There's no there's no lull on the energy. It's a it's a, a big group of people that are just hyped up and it makes the game that much more fun. So um, that's the first and, game. 
not to jinx it or anything, but we were good luck last don't year. Don't jinx two, it. No, no, no. I don't think you should. I said, no, no. I said not to jinx yeah, it. Yeah, but so you, you can't, can't say jinx that. something. No, it's, that's how jinxes work. If not you say you. not to jinx it, then you can't jinx it. We went to the two games in Tampa last last spring, and they walked off both of them. We went to the Baltimore game uh, in June last year, and they beat them like 700 to nothing. And then we, we saw a nice CC uh, Sabathia pitchers duel at the end, in which they, they beat Toronto. We did have a. We did have what, like fifteen or twenty people at the wild card game. Also, I'm just saying. Yeah, forgot about the wild card game. There you go. We had, I think, fifteen to twenty people at that game. So, and that was pretty much one of the best games I've ever been to. Um, Continue. What What were you going to say? Yeah, the next one is May 26th uh, versus the Angels. This one is uh, also going to be awesome. We got a sixty-eight dollar cost on this ticket, and what that is going to get you is um, we're still working out the exact details with the brewery, but it's going to be very similar to what we did last year. Um, but we're going to do a pregame at the Bronx Brewery for that game. So that's a 7:15 night game, which is awesome because that means we have plenty of time beforehand. We'll do the pregame probably starting around 4 o'clock. Again, I'm still figuring out like the exact details with the brewery, but we know we're going to be doing it there. Um, and there yeah, will be and- some free beer incentives with that one as well. Yeah, and the and the last time we did it at the Bronx Brewery, we thought it was going to be a four o'clock game, and then and then last minute the game shifted up to one o'clock, and we still got like a hundred people to come out to the brewery in yeah. the South Bronx at at ten thirty in the morning. Yeah, so it like the fact that it's we know it's a seven o'clock game. That's that's like probably the Fox game, so that's not going to change. I don't think. Knocking on wood, yeah, not dude. to jinx it. Um, I don't think they flex games in May, but it's going to be so easy to get there by by three thirty four o'clock and and have have plenty of time to get lubed up before that game yeah that one's that, i'm really excited for that. i really really hope otani pitches because we will be giving it to him um uh yeah his elbow if it stays intact maybe yeah i have a feeling he's gonna be a giant bust personally but okay so then so that's the uh the second game may 26th I'm, I'm i'm pumped up for that it's gonna be a lot of fun we're also gonna have a food truck out at the brewery um so i'm, I'm talking with the guys at the brewery right now we're trying to make it just as cool as possible um but it's gonna be a lot of fun there and it's an easy subway ride like you go you go to the brewery. You can even park there and leave your car there. That's what I did last time. And then uh, we took the train to the um, to the stadium. It's like, what, 20 minutes? Um, it's not bad. It's, it's actually a fun train ride. So you do that. And then um, those are the two games that I have the, the prices on. The rest of the games are coming very fast. We're, we're still, unfortunately, like all the bars around the stadium and everybody who we're trying to deal with deals with, they don't have their plans yet. So that's, what, that's a lot of what's holding this up is um, we're actually ahead of the game, which is very rare. Uh, but they, uh, so we're working those deals out as, as we come, but, uh, I did mention before that we're going to be doing a full season package and I've had some people hit me up on Twitter about this and email the, um, what I'm going to do is, uh, Andrew and I were talking about this beforehand. I think we have a very good plan. So to make uh, the discount, what we'll do is the discount's going to come at the very last game. Um, we're going to do a 50% off uh, the last game. So basically, it's 5 bucks off every single game, and the last game is going to get you $30 off the ticket. Uh, so that's where you'll have your discount. And for the people that do do the every single game and that six-game six package, I'm going to create a custom T-shirt just for you guys that's going to be like a concert T-shirt of all the games that we went to. Um, and uh, you know the theme may change. I'm, I'll probably design it towards the end of the year because we got to see what happens with the season, right? There might be some awesome thing that we don't even know about yet. Um, and uh, you guys will be the only ones that have that T-shirt. That'll be an exclusive tee that is not sold anywhere else. Only the people that come to all six events will have that T-shirt. So that's, that's going to be a very cool thing to have. Yeah, and if you're planning on going to five, six, seven games anyway, just do it this way because you actually save money and you get to hang out with a bunch of Yankees fans, a bunch of T-shirts, a bunch of beer. So it's an awesome deal. Yeah, and by the second or third game, we're all going to be family and it's going to be like going out and hanging out with your boys and, and your girls and it's going to be... Just it's going to be awesome. So that's what I'm really looking forward to is get like getting to know everybody more. I know I know a lot of faces and a lot of people that I've had conversations with from the last two events. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing the, the, all the same people. Um, but and it I just grows, man. It just grows. Last year, didn't we talk about if if uh, two people meet at these events and end up getting married, you're going to pay for their wedding? Didn't we talk about that? There was something about that. I don't know. It was your boys that were coming up with this this little scheme. I think uh, talking about this. It's yeah, you know, sure. Maybe my boy who also offered his his uh, his his mom's his, parent, his, his mom's his, house. his parent in law uh, his their house in the city for you guys yeah. yeah so next time I'm when I'm when I'm like at the at the stadium I'm actually staying at his mom's house or his mother in law's house <laughs> mother in law's house yeah he doesn't remember doing that well he the offer stands I have it on video um, too. are you ready to get to some Yankees topics here yeah. You want to take a moment of silence for Todd Frazier? Yeah, I do, uh, man. His days in pinstripes are over. I'm really not happy about this one. 
So he signs with the Mets. Everyone's heard this news. Two years, 17 million bucks, which I think makes it clear that if the Yankees actually had an offer out to him, it was for one year. And they were unwilling to go to a second year. Maybe it was, it was rumored like they might give him a second year option. But Frazier was looking for a little bit more security. And it's really not a ridiculous contract when you look at it. No. Two years, 17 million bucks. It's, I mean, the, the whole market is down. We've been talking about that as a theme throughout the season. But the Mets get Todd Frazier for two years, 17 million bucks. He's going to maybe not in that, that stadium. He'll have a few less home runs, but he's going to hit 25 home runs. He's going to provide really good defense at third base, and he's going to provide team leadership. So I think that actually the Mets got a good deal. It's funny. The Mets did get a good deal, I think. And, you know, as this was going on, I was the one that was saying, like, I, I'm still very confident the Yankees are going to sign Todd Frazier. Because as this went later and later and later, it just felt like that was the that was the natural move. That the, if they were going to go out and sign somebody, like this guy fits the clubhouse. He no, they know what they're getting with him, and he's not going. He's not getting any of these three year deals. Like I, I really thought a three year deal was what was going to get Frazier to go somewhere else. I, I was a little surprised. Well, with at, at what deal. point did you think that? We thought that back in November, right? But I know but, as as things dragged on and everybody is available, it's like uh, I, I guess I guess the fact that it's getting later didn't matter as much because everybody was available still. So. Um, but yeah, I, I still, you know, going into the offseason, I thought three years was going was gonna to be the, the target deal for him. And I still think he was trying to get a three-year deal. But two years came about. It's a two-year guaranteed money. And like you said, if the Yankees even gave him an offer, which we're not sure about, Jim Laritz says he did. And Jim Laritz has been like the, the guy, the most reliable, the most reliable uh, reporter quote inside guy. But don't Twitter. you love whenever Laritz tweets something, everyone immediately dismisses it. Like, ah, oh, yeah. it's Jim Laritz. It's, oh shit, that actually happened? Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's why I feel like something was happening. There were negotiations because Laritz caught wind of it. And in right. Laritz, I trust. So the... Um, <laughs> <laughs> That'll get you in trouble real fast. <laughs> the uh, the fact that, you know, that, that he did sign with the, with the Mets and he got that two years guaranteed just leads me to believe that the Yankees were only going one year. You know, if there was an option, which I'm not even convinced that there was, um, I'm not even 100% sure that there was an offer, but look, he got the, he, he was taking the most money. He wanted to stay in the area. I think that was something that was also very, um, very known. Yeah, well, and he actually kind of limited well himself yeah. because he said, I want to stay with in the New York area. So I don't know if he was willing to go to like Philadelphia, but that kind of limits himself to the Yankees, Mets or Philadelphia. Yeah. The Mets fans are going to love him. Like they were all shitting on the the thumbs down thing, and I'm sure all Mets fans hated that guy because he became a gimmick with the Yankees. Like I'm sure that really blew up in the Mets fans' face. I don't know how they feel about it, but I can only imagine that they don't like well, they, it. They brought him back in. Now he's thumbs up guy. But he now he's back conference. in. Yeah. Now he's now he's back in the good graces, and now he's like the he he probably is just feels like the coolest guy in the world. So, you know, good for them. Whatever. The good the Mets are got a great guy, uh, a good ball player, and he's he's. They're going to love him over there. He's going to be, he's going to fit that team perfectly. We have to officially retire thumbs down now. 100%. I already put the t shirts on notice. I did a liquidation sale uh, at the end of last week, and um, they are uh, officially now off the website. And in my we'll never mind, be seen it ended. Again. In my mind, it ended when the ALCS ended, but I, I saw a lot of people still doing it throughout the offseason. And I, I, I guarantee you, if Frazier was a Yankee in 2018, they would have been doing the thumbs down next year. But now he's on the Mets. It's officially retired. Syndergaard was trolling Yankees fans. He tweeted out a thumbs down emoji after after the news broke. So that's so an ori- that's with- an original troll there, Syndergaard. Good one. Re- Syndergaard really was the us. guy. Yeah, he he proclaimed New York a Mets town back in 2015, and then yeah. ever since he did that, it's been downhill for the Mets. Yeah, it's the it's the curse of Syndergaard. The the curse of Thor. Did you see also that Todd Frazier already announced he's wearing number 21 with the Mets? So- yeah. I did see this, and I also saw a lot of confusion because I think a lot of people think that Todd Frazier grew up as a Yankees fan, and I'm pretty damn sure that that's not the case. I am pretty sure if you remember back... Depends who you talk to. No, if you go back to the early interviews when the Yankees got Todd Frazier and he came over, and he was I specifically remember one where he's in a locker room being talked to by the media, asking who, if he grew up as a Yankees fan... And he wouldn't talk about it. He said, uh, you know, we'll not talk about exactly what the, you know, the specifics of who I was de- uh, rooting for. But I was <laughs> Is this a, your Todd Frazier but, voice? Yeah, I'm trying to like go all <laughs> South Jersey. But I was a, you know, I was a, I was a, I was a big Paul O'Neill guy. And that's what he went to. So he, he completely dismissed the Yankees as a, a, a team fan, but he went right to Paul O'Neill and said he admired Paul O'Neill. That's what the Maybe he was a Reds is. fan. Nah, dude, he was a Mets fan. I guarantee he was a Mets fan. That's what he yes. was. He was a Mets fan. 
Okay, well now he's with his his now favorite his team. boyhood team, yes. and he can wear his favorite number. That's the real reason why he didn't. So maybe in the negotiations, Cashman was not only not willing to go to a second year with him, but Frazier demanded, okay, if you're not going to give me a second year, one year deal, but I have to wear 21, and the Yankees couldn't do it. Yeah, well in that case, Cashman's like, look, I negotiated my terms there, Todd. You can <laughs> uh, go to Queens and have fun with that. Do you stand by Cashman's decision to not go to a second year with Frazier? Or are you going to wait and see? Wait and see how third base shakes out. Well, I think that's an unfair way to assess it, right? Because it is what it is right now. We're like, this is the situation. Um, if we do that and I wait, then I got the Monday morning quarterback. Like, I have things yeah, in front of me. Yeah, but that's the beauty of being a podcaster is you, <laughs> you Monday morning quarterback yeah, the but, shit out of everything. But looking at what Cash was doing right now, like, I like that he's sticky to his guns, to the fact that, like, this is where he where his terms are and he's not going to go off of his terms. Like he's got a plan and he's sticking to that plan, whether it's uh, and and maybe that plan is if I don't get this guy, I am, I am more comfortable seeing a young guy play out than giving that second year to a veteran where I know I'm going to regret the second year. That's what I, I think. I, I don't necessarily think that you would regret. I, it's, it's like, I don't think Todd Frazier is going to be a bad player in 2019, but I just think that that Cashman wants the flexibility, right? He loves that word flexibility. He yep. needs the flexibility to have flexibility. And two years of Todd Frazier did not give him flexibility. Well, maybe two years at 17 million did because the second year, I mean, if we're talking about the uh, cap hit, it actually lowers the cap, right? If you're looking at the, the one-year deal and that's really, they were just trying to get under for this year. So eating some money into in 2019, maybe not the biggest deal. Oh yeah, it could have totally worked in. That's eight and a half million bucks right. average annual value. So the cap, the cap hit would yeah. have only been eight and a half. And we thought ten million dual. was a was was where he would have been close to for a one year deal. So it actually would have favored what the Yankees are doing in 2018. But even if the Yankees offered Frazier one year ten million bucks, people are saying, oh, why would Frazier turn down? Uh, more, uh, more per year from the Yankees. Well, he's not turning. It's two years. He's getting more guaranteed money. He's looking for total guaranteed money, not not by year not by year average annual value. Here's my argument with what Frazier is doing right now that that is uh, that's going against what he did and, and as the right decision. Because personally, you're getting two years right now in uh, in City Field as a Met. And you're, you're latching onto those two years. Not a great contract, but a decent contract, but not a great contract, but it's guaranteed money. And it's a lot of money for everybody. You go, you sign a one-year $10 million deal with the Yankees, which again, we're not even positive that the Yankees offered him that, but you do that. You have a good year with the Yankees. I say you part, you could easily parlay that one-year deal into a two, potentially three-year deal next year. And actually, when you look at a five-year plan or a four-year plan, come out better by signing this one-year deal uh, with the Yankees. Because you look at the lineup that he's going to be in, he would have been in with the Yankees in the ballpark that he was in. Like I, he's he's probably going to be putting up better numbers at Yankee Stadium as a Yankee than what he will next year with the Mets. So well, I, yeah, I would be good. I would be able. I would be able, you know going against him and, and like if I were to to uh, to talk with his agent and be his agent for that. I'm like, look, Todd, you could get five years down the road. You sign this one year deal, you'll be a wealthier man in five years than you will if you sign this two year deal right now. But uh, that's good in theory. But with the way the market has been shaking out, he might be afraid that that deal's not going to be there for him next year. And he's actually going to have more competition on the market for the third base position in the offseason of going into 2019 than he is this year. Because, I mean, Moustakis is still out there. What if Moustakis signs a one-year deal with your plan in place? Then you've got Moustakis, Josh Donaldson, and Manny Machado, depending on where he wants to play in the infield. Todd Frazier is a clear number four. Uh, on that list. So his options are even more limited. Now, it's true. If Moustakis did the same thing and were to push that back, then yeah, you have more competition. But the reverse side of that is that you have all of these teams that are going after some of these big players. You're going to get a lot of people who didn't get those players who still have the the money and the resources ready to sign a guy and need to plug in somebody for third base. So theoretically, if you're, if you're, if you're actually waiting for that uh, 2019 class, the losers of the uh, Machado sweepstakes and the um, Donaldson sweepstakes are actually going to be sitting there with a boat ton of money ready to sign somebody. So you could actually get a better contract, in my opinion. Yeah, I think you're, I think you're just still thinking in 2012 terms. And I'm not saying you're going to be wrong. I'm just saying that the players, I think, might be a little scared that, that's, that those days are behind them. Yeah. And, and they can't be passing up two-year guaranteed $17 million offers at this point. Yeah, no, I think that's the thing. I think when they see guaranteed money at this point, they're going for it. Uh, I don't know what Todd Frazier is going to be in two years after these two years. Like, I, he's probably going to be a uh, journeyman level type player, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I would assume that. 
So that's why I'm saying like right now you're you're still you know close enough to your prime where you could put up a really good season and get a $10 million contract. Like have the confidence in yourself to do that. And you could at minimum go in and get the same contract you did with the Mets next year. I don't, I don't think that's a, that, that would be a problem. Like that was a very, very, um, it, it was almost like a hometown deal. And maybe that swung into it. Maybe that's because he just wants to be in this area. He was taking that deal. Um, but you know, whatever. I, I'm, I'm done with the Frazier talks at this point because, you know, I wanted him on this team. I really thought he was going to be on this team and he's not. So you know what he is? He's dead to me. <laughs> uh, well, we got a few mailbag questions. Shout out to uh, at Finnegan Noah on Twitter, at underscore Finnegan, who is not the same person, and then at Joshua28 on Twitter. Uh, they were asking about other infield options, Eduardo Nunez, Neil Walker, Mike Moustakis. Um, and I think it all depends on if one of those guys is willing to take a one-year deal, I think Cashman would sign them. But if they're not, Cashman's not going to sign them. I think that's the number one thing with with infield options at this point you think even Nunez I think Nunez is uh is look I mean that's he's gonna get a one-year deal right I don't I don't see him getting uh, yeah, a longer deal. I mean I don't know maybe he could get a, the same deal that that Todd Frazier got two years 15 16 17 million bucks but I don't think um Cashman's gonna do that I think if if Nunez if any one of those guys I just mentioned said I'll sign one year nine million bucks I think Cashman would do it especially Mustakis. I mean Mustakis might get one year 18 million bucks for all we know. Yeah. But um, Neil Walker or Nunez, if they if they take a one-year deal, I think Cashman would be willing to do it. I'm surprised you're saying Nunez, though, because, I mean, at this point, we're looking at a guy to play third base, and um, that would... He played third last year. Yeah, it's... Yeah. He's Eduardo Nunez, though. He's no, exactly. Third. He's not Todd Frazier at third base. Yeah. Oh, no, no. He's a freaking... No, no. I don't, I don't he's want He's a brick Eduardo wall. Nunez. Like, things bounce off of him. <laughs> I don't want Eduardo Nunez. Yeah. Let me make I, that perfectly clear. I don't still think that they would I, I still don't think they would sign him even if it was a one-year deal because you're not getting any defense. Like you're when you get, when you sign Nuñez, you're getting you're signing up for a guy with with below average defense and, you know, a good bat. I'd say a, a above average bat. Um so that leads me to believe like what are you doing here? Like that isn't that what we have in Miguel Andor? No, Maybe? I think that's unfair. Because Miguel Andujar is still a very big unknown. Eduardo Nunez at the major league level is no longer an unknown. I understand that, but my my point is, is that we're 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 going on the side of offense for defense. I'm not saying that Andujar is going to come out and hit 300 like Nunez is a 300 hitter. If you're going to come out and, and do that, but my point is is that uh, the um, the strengths on Andujar are his offense, and the knocks on him are his defense. So why not go out and just keep the player that you have, not spend the money. And, you know, not worry about the offense when, um, when the offense is going to be there if it's there. And again, you're not really worried about it because your, your lineup is so deep. And if you're going to get lackluster defense anyway, let's let's bring up our guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I think Moustakis think... is the X factor. Yeah, I was just going to ask, what do you think? Uh, Moustak- well, if you're Mike Moustakis and his agent at this point, what are you doing? Yeah, I, I see this as a similar deal. Like, this is the guy, the other guy that I was talking about. Like, if, if that actually were to come to fall into the Yankees' lap, if it were to fall into the Yankees' lap, that Mustakas would agree to a one-year deal, a, basically a, a show-me contract, so that he could go out and get a bigger contract next year when people are having deeper pockets, then I could see the Yankees doing something like that. But it would only have to be that one-year deal. I still think it's a one-year deal, um, but Mustakas would have to fall into their lap. Otherwise, it's not going to happen. He's, you know, he's too much for what the Yankees are looking to spend. Neil Walker, like, I don't know, wasn't he hurt a lot last year too? Like, that guy doesn't excite me. I don't think he's really um, too much of an upgrade to, to you know, what's there. I don't know. I I want nothing to do with Neil Walker, in all honesty. Moustakis is the X factor, I think. If you were to go in there and sign a one-year deal and it would still work in the numbers uh, for, for Cashman's budget, then then I could see that happening. Um, but who knows? Because this free agent class is still, there's still so many people out there it's that crazy. nobody has any idea, like, where things are right now. Because the fact that we're late really doesn't mean much because there's still 500 people out there. Yeah, and you you got Scott Boris and other agents running running their mouth off at these owners. And, and we talked about this pissing match last week on the podcast, but it, it really – I'm just confused as to what's going on. Everything I thought I knew about free agency is thrown out the window. So we're, we're kind of theorizing and throwing out hypothesis, but – I don't think they, they – this year is such a wild card. You, we just don't know what's going to happen. And the uh, the Major League uh, Baseball Players Association is putting together a spring training camp for all the guys not signed. That, that was uh, that was put out there. So that'll be – Get a camera crew in there. That'll be super that. interesting. Yeah. I mean, what are they going to do? Do they have enough to do inter-squad all the time? Are they going to yeah. play a minor league team? 
They well, it's going to not just be the big name free agents. It's going to be all the free agents out there. There's last week there were over a hundred free agents. Oh, so interesting. I want to see this. Uh, yeah, HBO or somebody needs to go out there with some cameras and just film this entire thing. It needs to be like hard knocks. Exactly, and that would be the number one draw uh, for any spring training squad out there. People would be watching that, which is why I think the Yankees acquired Russell Wilson because they <laughs> they didn't want to lose the headlines. They were like, "We got you know, we just got Stanton. Now we're talking about a free agent spring training. People are going to want to watch that. What are we going to do? Let's get the Seattle Seahawks quarterback in here. Ridiculous, freaking ridiculous. Yeah, I don't know. The um, this is just it's it's like uh you know Billy Crystal used to come to spring training. So I think this is one of those like honorary things. Blah 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 blah. It's stupid. Um, he'll go in there. They were talking about him to. Um, he'll he'll be going in, and they're really going to take advantage of of what a uh, a leader he is, and mm-hmm. you know, the things that the the values that he can instill in the players, and right. how to win, and mm-hmm. you know all of this bullshit that how, you're to, how to not hand the ball off at the one yard line because they can't get that from all the Yankee greats who come back in spring training. Like those guys can't <laughs> teach them how to win from uh on a baseball i'm not gonna listen to jorge posada i'm not yeah. gonna listen i want to listen to russell wilson who was with an organization early and hit like 220 in the colorado Rockies system that's the guy i want to know how to get motivated for baseball that's the guy no it's why a publicity Ru- stunt right, so we, we we know it's a publicity stunt from the yankees perspective why is russell wilson bothering with spring training because he's his, his name is out there because he's a football player who wears a helmet. Those guys want to get their face out as much as possible. He's exposing himself to another market, a huge market, and it's going to be in the headlines. So he's he's doing this because of his brand. He's doing this as a marketing tool. It's a great marketing tool for him. It's genius, actually. Uh, if I'm looking at Russell Wilson and his agent and the guy who's in charge of his marketing dollars, I'm like, hell yeah, Russell Wilson is going to be in freaking Yankee camp with Giancarlo Stanton, Aaron Judge, like all the hottest names in baseball. And now Russell Wilson's going to be in the middle of that. How did I get this to happen? Like, he's going to probably be in the MLB The Show as like an unlock. Like this is, you know, this is a great move for him. Are you a little pissed off that if the Yankees decided to field a uh, football team that they could probably beat the Jets? No. I, again, I've told you, I am very bitter towards the Jets right now. I, I am almost to a point where I'm getting angry. Uh, I am at a point where I get angry just when I mention their name or talk about them. So, no, I, it's a fact. <laughs> Russell Wilson to Aaron Judge would be, would be almost as good as uh, Brady to Gronk. It would be way better, and I would love to see it. it it's amazing. It, it's an amazing thought. And you know that's going to happen. We're going to see this in spring training. And I was thinking of what position Stanton would play. And I, 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 after seeing his workout videos where he's like pushing his friends on those on that rolling cart up the hill, I think yeah. he'd actually be a better DN than he would a tight. I was gonna say, put him on the put him on the end, put his uh, put his hand in the ground, let him bowl past some uh, uh, some linemen, some some tackles, and he's gonna be destroying quarterbacks. He's got more um, explosion, I think, than than uh, Judge does at this point. Right, more Judge has more raw strength, probably. Maybe, but I, again, he's I, he's too nice of a guy. He's a very nice guy. Very nice guy. He will, he will catch a touchdown and find a kid in the stands and give him, that, give him the ball. And he'll make damn sure that that kid gets that ball. So here's a question. At what date, how long into spring training do we get an Instagram post from A-Rod with J-Lo, Russ Wilson, and Ciara? Like almost immediately. It's, <laughs> it's whatever, whenever Ciara and Russell Wilson are there, A-Rod already has it on his schedule. I'm sure like their, their, their guys are all talking to coordinate schedules so that that photo op can happen. Because it's, it's already being planned. It's perfect. Is it, is it Sierra or Ciara? It's Sierra. Okay. Yeah, you're terrible at pronouncing people's names. Well, I just, yeah, I'm a big Sierra fan. So, you know, can't <laughs> believe I messed that but up. But let me tell you the other thing that's going to happen. We're going to see passes thrown from Russell Wilson to Alex Rodriguez, who thinks mm-hmm. he played for the Miami Hurricanes. <laughs> that's also going to happen. Absolutely. And he'll probably embarrass himself. It's just, it was a, it's a 2016 Yankees move. Like uh, we're kind of not going to be that good on the field this year. So let's bring in Russ Wilson to distract everyone from that. Um, this just like the judges chamber shit last year. The Yankees just didn't need to do this. Whatever. Let's move on. Uh, quick update on, on some other things that are going on. So apparently according to Bob Nightingale, you Darvish has multiple five-year offers on the table, which I think if he actually did, he would have signed one already. Uh, but Darvish is looking for a sixth year, which I don't think is going to happen. And Darvish also said he still hopes the Yankees and the Dodgers can enter the bidding, but he, re- he you know, he knows they're going to have to clear some space otherwise. So I don't know. I just it fully it, it, it's more proof that the Yankees never made an actual offer to him, like what was rumored when Michael Kay said the seven years or six years, something crazy. Yeah, and you know Darvish does have all the leverage at this point, so 
he might as well wait. And like, there's really no, at this point, there's really no like rush to, to get, to get into a camp, right? Because he's, he's got all these offers. He knows these teams are waiting and need a pitcher. So at this point, he might as well just wait for everybody to come in with their best offer and then make a decision. Well, Sabathia was talking, um, I heard Sabathia soundbite of him talking about if he was in this position and without a contract and he still wanted to play, he said he'd be shitting his pants. So you gotta, you gotta imagine like Darvish and all these other guys are shitting their pants. Like, where am I going to be? And especially if you have a family, like I think Darvish has a family, like where's my family going to be? Where are my kids going to go to school? Where I got to get a house. I got to get an apartment. I got to do all this shit. And it's, it's February. We're recording. It's February 10th. Pitchers and catchers are reporting in four days, three days. We don't have, I don't have a contract. I don't know where I'm playing. Yeah, like but it's, it's not that serious. It's not that serious because you're either going to go to Florida or you're going to go to Arizona. You know where you're going to be within the, you know, as far as spring. Yeah, you for have, spring, but you, yeah, but then you have you a gotta, month to figure the rest of the crap out, and you have you have you have little little peons that do that stuff for you. It's not like he's going to be doing that shit. He's got guys. He's got little gophers are going to be going out looking for real estate, finding a, a place, like going out with his wife or whomever. He, I, I don't really believe that they're all that worked up about it. In all honesty. I bet they're like, all right, whatever. I'm a freaking pro baseball player. I think life's they, pretty think, good. Yeah. See, I think it's all it's all relative. That yeah, they're all millionaires and they're all pro pro baseball players, but it's still their job, and they're still worried about where their family and where they're going to be next year. I think <laughs> it's all relative. We it's impossible to put ourselves in that scenario. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't feel bad for their uh, worries. Just like I don't feel bad <laughs> for you know having contracts that are um, that are not enough millions of dollars. Just I don't feel bad for these people. Do you feel bad for Joe Girardi, who made his debut on the MLB Network and still talking about the Yankees like he's part of the team and managing the team? It was a little sad. I'm not going to lie. It was a little sad. when I So I tuned in for the first, uh, the first bit that he was doing, and they were doing something with um, – it was him and uh, – I can't remember who it was, but someone was like throwing him pitches basically, and he was talking about framing and all these stuff. And he, so he was talking about the Yankees and talking about how pitchers and catchers do their thing. And he's, he kept saying like, well, we like to do this. We like to do that. I'm like, Oh, Joe, 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 <laughs> there's no, we anymore. Like as a fan, we can say we, cause we're all delusional. It's fine. We're all emotional, delusional people. We're, we actually think we're part of the team. You are literally not part of the team anymore. You got canned. They, they broke up with you. That's it. Sorry. It was a little sad. I felt a little bad at that point. It's gotta be tough though. Like how long do you stay? How long do you still keep saying we? I know. And it's, uh, you know, the, when I was watching him on there and I know Girardi did, um, TV before he was with the Yankees, but when you're 10 years, a manager and you're going through that grind, he just felt like he was, he was out of place when he was up there. It felt like, you know, a guy that has just been in the trenches too long and is trying to like, you know, acclimate to, to regular life again. And he was trying to get back into like the, 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 um, the, the workings of the media and like interacting with the media guys and all their personalities and their jokes. And like, he's just sitting there like nothing's funny. <laughs> like, you know, he just didn't, didn't feel comfortable. Didn't look comfortable. He, he, fe- I felt like he just wanted to not be there and, and be back in the dugout. And I felt bad a little bit. I really did. It was a little sad seeing him in that situation. Yeah, I give him one year on TV, and then I'll be back managing. Yeah, it just didn't seem like it's his bag anymore. Like he really had to put on like fake smiles and like make dumb joke laughs, and like he's just he's not there right now mentally. He's not. But he's there. also not that type of person. He's not a TV person. No, but he's good with the analytics and things like that, and he's good with like an, you know having an analysis about somebody. Like he was good doing that. I thought he was pretty good. Um, he's not the most you know, the, the guys are going to joke around a lot, but he can play off of those guys. I just don't even think he was in that mindset at this point. It was a, uh, it was a fish out of water. It really was. Yeah. Sad. Do you have any thoughts on the Yankees signing Shane Robinson? No, I don't. He's going to <laughs> okay. be in the minor leagues. <laughs> Moving on. I want to tell everybody about sleep number. Maybe you've considered the sleep number bed, but thought you couldn't afford one, but you know what? You can, you can't really afford Another restless night's sleep, can you? We have some great news right now. During the Unlimited Sleep Number event, you can save 50% on their uh, Ultimate Limited Edition bed. The Sleep Number bed lets you choose your ideal comfort on each side, so it's the perfect bed for couples. Their newest beds are so smart, they actually sense your every move and automatically adjust so you stay sleeping comfortably throughout the night. They even have an adjustment for snoring. I bet your current bed does not do that. Sleep number beds cost about the same as traditional mattresses, but they last twice as long, and 9 out of 10 owners recommend them. Come in during the Ultimate Sleep Number event and save 50% on an Ultimate Sleep uh, Limited Edition bed. Plus, queen mattresses start at only $699.99. 
Sleep Number now has over 550 stores nationwide. Find the nearest one to you or go to sleepnumber.com slash Bronx. Again, sleepnumber.com slash Bronx. How many times can they jam the word ultimate into one ad <laughs> read? Uh, we have a t-shirt winner. We do. We have a you t-shirt winner. You want to announce? Yeah. So last, last week we said that the, we're going to start doing a weekly giveaway of a t-shirt. And the winner is going to be chosen from the reviews on, uh, on uh, Apple Podcasts, iTunes. So if you have not reviewed the podcast, please go on there. Give us that five star if you like the show and say something, whether it's about the show, you want to talk about something, you want to say a joke, you want to make fun of us, whatever, whatever you got, put it in there. um, And we are going to be picking a winner every week. Now, let me talk about this before I announce a winner. We got, there were a whole bunch of ratings that were, that went and hit the, um, the account. So thank you very much, guys. Really appreciate the, the outpour. We've told you before, this is the way you support us. Really, we don't ask for much. We want you to listen to our show. We want you to tell your friends uh, and review it. Like, like Reviews are gold to us. So you go and review it. There are two things that you could do in Apple Podcasts, iTunes. You can, you can do a rating and a review. If you only do a rating and you give five stars and you don't write anything, we can't see that. Like We see the number pop up, that there's an accumulation of numbers, but we can't see who did it. So we have no way of choosing you. Um, so make sure that you go in there, you actually write something and put something in the, in the, in the words as well, put some words down there so that we could see your name and we could call that out. So, um, I also believe that if you did put a rating in, you can go back and review it, uh, and then it'll pop up. So go and do that. This week's winner, because he made a reference to my Chia Pet joke and made me feel good about making a joke. Brian McNulty, February 5th is when this popped up. He says, I agree. Danny Espinosa is a Chia Pet. And because I completely agree with you and because you supported my joke, and that makes me feel good inside. You're getting a T-shirt. So Brian, uh, see, now now people are just gonna pander to no, anything. No, no I'm just telling you, that was the reason. Like there were a lot of reviews, or there were a lot of ratings, but there weren't as many of reviews on there. So we had a limited selection, in all honesty, of people that wrote actual words. Um, yeah. Just like we're excited for grown men throwing baseballs to each other, we need grown men and women to write words on the reviews as well. So here's how. So Brian, here's how you get your t-shirt. You can either DM us on at Yankees pod, uh, at Yankees podcast, or you can message us on Facebook at the Bronx pinstripe show. And, um, Scott will give you what a code and you yeah. get a free t-shirt that way. Yeah. That's all I do. You got to prove you're actually Brian McNulty though. I don't know how you're going to prove that. Take a picture of your license and block out the, the, the barcode number or whatever it is, but you're going to actually have to prove you're Brian. We trust you that people aren't shady out there and trying to get free t-shirts. Prove you're Brian, and you got a free T-shirt coming your way. And as Scott said, you guys have to actually write something. It takes two seconds. Even if you already gave us the five-star rating, you can still go back and give us an actual written review. And um, keep them coming. Uh, they've been, they're always fun to read. What was the name of the guy that injected Roger Clemens in the butt? Mm, was it crap. Brian McNulty? It was something no. like that, wasn't it? No. Brian McNamara? Yeah, that's it. Okay. I digress. Uh, Oh, oh, one more thing about the, uh, the reviews real quick. Um, someone John wrote a, McNamara. John McNamara. Someone wrote a review uh, uh, coming from California talking about how there's a bunch of Yankees fans out there. Uh, this got us thinking, and this is actually something that we had talked about in the past, but we're going to start it off right now. So if you are listening from an area that's outside the tri-state, outside New York, New Jersey, Connecticut area, um, and you know Yankee fans or you're interested in, in like a sim- like getting a group together to go to a local game wherever you are when the Yankees come in town, hit us up. Uh, either DM us or shoot me an email, uh, info at bronxpinstripes.com. We want to set up cha- uh, Bronx Pinstripes crew chapters around the country. So if you are local somewhere else, we need boots on the ground. Obviously, we're not there. So if you're interested in helping, we want to grow this community. Um, that's how Bronx Pinstripes crew really grows. That's how we're able to start going out and going to the away teams because uh, that's also in the cards. We want to start visiting other teams, um, stadiums, and it makes it that much better and easier and, uh, and more you know, expanded when we have people who actually live in those cities. So if you are a huge Yankees fan and you are interested in getting involved, hit us up. Um, and we'll, you know, we'll anoint you as uh, one of the BP crew leaders in that city. And what I'll do is put together a package of like swag, basically, so that you could take it to the game of like a, you know, a banner um, and just some other crap that you could take that has been with Bronx pinstripes uh, stuff on it. And, uh, and we can start growing this even more into different cities. I love it. And uh, thanks for hitting us up in the, uh, in the reviews. 
Let's dive into some mailbag questions here. The first one is from Daniel Schneider, and he says, with the Mets signing Frazier, wouldn't it make sense to give Andor a shot at third? With Machado being available after the season, it would be good to know if we have a stud in Andor. Rather than spending $200 million on Machado, we may have something special in Andor. I know his defense is still improving, but if he looks good in spring training, I say let's give him a shot. What do you think? And I want to pose the question to you, Scott. How good would Miguel Andoar have to be in 2018 for the Yankees to be not in on Machado at all? Man, um, I mean, I think he would he would he would have to be on the on the level where they're comfortable enough that they're seeing the real Andoar and they're not they're not just seeing a guy who is um, you know had some swings of, of good times. I think he's they're going to have to see some uh, consistency. I think that's the the key word is if they can see a consistent. Miguel Andoar, who is playing on the Yankees throughout the majority of the 2018 season, and he's you know producing at the at the bat and and improving with the glove, um, then maybe they'll they'll think about it. But it would have to be a lot, I think. It would have to be a lot. And you know this, everybody was always talking about Machado being the third baseman for 2019, and like that's the Yankees are definitely going after him. There's nothing solidified in stone that the Yankees are going after Manny Machado. So no, but we'll see. We'll see what happens with Andoar. There's a lot of smoke. There is a lot of smoke and, you know, flexibility. Like, we, we, we've seen how uh, Cashman wants his flexibility. So um, even if Andor is great, maybe that, maybe that leads them down a path that, uh, you know, they're able to trade him and go after Machado. Who knows? There's so many things that Cashman could do. I would say Andor has to finish in the top five of Rookie of the Year voting for the Yankees to be confident that he's their third baseman over Machado going forward. Oh, see, I, I think that's, like, what is, the, uh, what is the number five guy, what does that season look like? I don't even know. That's like, uh, f- that means, first of all, he plays enough to qualify for the rookie because that's, we don't even know if Andor is going to stick around. But that's probably like a 270 season with like 15 home runs. Do you think that's and enough? Do you think a 270 season with 15 home runs is going to be enough? Yeah, if he, plays a full, if he plays a full season at third base, I could, I could see the Yankees. Um, Maybe it's even a better season. I don't know. I the Yankees just the, had the, the Yankees history just had of the top one of, five rookies. One of the best uh, rookie pitching performances they've seen in a long time. Jordan Montgomery was one of the best rookie pitchers uh, last year. And they're talking about bringing in a fifth starter of, of like scrub, <laughs> good of scrub caliber. And they're like dismissing Jordan Montgomery after but he did very well. That's because you can never have enough pitching. Well, if Manny Machado was available, they're not going to say, I'm not going to go after him because we got a guy who hit 270 or 15 home runs as a rookie. That's what not if enough. He, what if he hits 300 with 25 home runs and he wins the gold glove at third base? Now we're talking. Now we're talking. Got to be consistent. Okay, um, don't, but it seems pretty likely that Machado at this point is the third baseman. As long as he doesn't have balls going through his his legs and hitting him in the face like Rob Refsnyder at third you base in spring training. What did I say? Machado. Yeah, Andoar. It seems likely that Andoar is going to be the third baseman, barring any disasters in spring training or last minute signings. But yeah. It's uh, he's definitely looks like he's got the um, you know it's his job to lose for sure and that's exciting that's fun like that that's going to be a lot of fun to see this guy grow into this position we saw it last year and it worked out pretty well so um, it's no doubt fun it just makes me a little nervous yeah okay so next? next one is from Steve Bryant in Louisville Kentucky he said much has been written about the possibility of Judge and Stanton hitting 50 home runs this year however Sanchez has over 50 home runs in just over 170 major league games what are the odds that all three might hit over 50 might hit 50 or more home runs that's never happened in the history of baseball Ever. three three players on the same team have 50 yeah that being said not out of the realms of possibility what uh who's more likely to hit 50 home runs this year Gary Sanchez or Greg Bird Gary Sanchez is it likely that Gary Sanchez hits 50? No, I don't think he's going to hit 50. Because but it's more likely that because, he hits more than Bird. Because I think he's going, because of catcher, right? It's just hard. It, catchers can't, it's so hard for catchers to stay fresh every single day when they're catching. I mean, maybe if he gets a lot of DH time, but. The I, funny thing is, is that we've seen Sanchez really do a lot better towards the end of the season, actually. His, his offense, his, like the, the surges come after the All Star break. He is so actually far. a pretty streaky hitter, now that I think about it. But you know, we've seen a lot of power. I mean, obviously, we know what he did when he first came up. Like, the guy was unconscious, just hitting home runs. And, you know, even last year, we saw a surge. So, yeah, but he, that, that, there yeah, were injury I, I implications, know. I get it. But, um, right. you know, I, I still think he's the, the more prolific home run hitter. And he's still young enough where, you know, he can not be as affected by, by being a catcher. I think that really starts catching up to you, you know, later in your career. 
So while I don't think the all three of them hitting 50, there there is some things to watch for home runs records this year. So the most uh, two-player combination ever was Mar- uh, Marison Mantle in 1961. I think Judge and Stanton have a chance to take that record down. The most three-player combo ever was also 1961 in the Yankees, Maris Mantle and Bill Skourin. Skourin? Skourin. Skourin. <laughs> Pronunciation. <laughs> Uh, you could see that being taken down with the three that we mentioned or maybe Bird or, or somebody else. Who knows? Um, 264 is the team record by Seattle in 1997. The Yankees record is 241, which happened... Um, uh, actually, excuse me, 240, it was 245 in 2012. They hit 241 last year. So they could top 245 from their 2012 record uh, also. Yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of balls leaving the ballpark. That's the bottom line, and all these numbers are going to be um, are, are going to be rivaled and uh, and definitely um, almost broken, if not broken. And I think we're going to see team home runs. I f- I think they're going to. I definitely think they're going to beat that record. I, I think I was, uh, even with Didi hitting and the amount of balls that are leaving the ballpark right now, uh, you get Didi over there also. You know, hitting thirty home runs. Like, there's a lot of guys that can hit the ball out of the ballpark. So I was surprised that the 97 Mariners had the team record, and then I went and looked at their roster, and they had A-Rod and Griffey and Buner and Edgar Martinez, and I was like, oh, yeah, that lineup was dirty. Jay Buner? Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a, it's a filthy lineup. They were what good. What the hell did you trade Jay Buner for? 1997. Right. Damn, I hated the Mariners then. <laughs> the next question is from Mike E. on Twitter, at Pup. Okay. What's your guess at what the team gimmick will be this year? Like thumbs down and toe night show. My guess is that whenever they get a hit, they'll grab a hot dog from their back pocket, look at the fans, present the hot dog, smooch it, and then put it back in their pocket. Now, is this the same hot dog being passed around? Oh. Or is it, a, is it a different hot dog every day? Is it... <laughs> it's, it makes me uncomfortable. Can, it be, a, can, it, be a, can it be an Italian sausage? Oh, geez. is it a fake hot dog? Is it a real hot dog? All right. So, I don't know where Mike's getting this uh, this 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 thought from. Um, but Mike, take care of yourself, man. Like, hope you're okay. <laughs> hope everything's all right. I really do. I really hope everything's See, this okay. Is, Mike is having baseball withdrawals, and he's going through a period of crazy. time where he's just gone mental. He just got released from Bellevue. Like, this is this is a serious thing. Like, I hope his family is listening and and keeping a, a close eye on him. Um, I don't know what it will be. I have a feeling like if, if I were to predict like what would happen uh, based on the makeup of what's going on within the, in the clubhouse and in the dugout right now, I have a feeling there's going to be some kind of an imitation thing, right? Look what Boone did. I think the guys are going to be excited to, to kind of go back and forth with their manager. And I have a feeling we're going to start seeing imitations. So if I'm putting money on some kind of a gimmick, imitations is my gimmick. And I don't know how they'll use it, but that's where I'm going. That's a good guess. I'm, I'm, so one thing that's going to be shoved down our throats this year is the Bash Brothers, Judge and Stanton. Yeah. So I'm just thinking of some sort of, some sort of thing like workout, uh, like imitations or something like showing your bicep muscle after a home run is hit. That's going to be like the strength is going to be the gimmick at least to start. This that's season. pretty generic though. That's pretty generic. I feel like they have a lot more creativity than that. You got Didi and with Didi in the clubhouse, the the creativity is flowing. Like this guy, he's a creative dude. And I feel like you know the with him and then Ronald Torres also like there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of creative juices flowing in that dugout. I I would be very disappointed if that were the gimmick. Were we going to see the gimmick in spring training? Or are they going to uh, wait until the regular season to debut it? Yeah. Oh no, I definitely think they're going to wait. You can't you can't unveil something of that magnitude in spring training. And it's also t- it's got to happen naturally. Like it's got to happen within the flow of uh, either a game or a series or something stupid in the middle of the season has to happen and then like that becomes something. Like these things have to present themselves naturally. They can't just be forced upon uh, a clubhouse and they don't stick and then they're not funny. So I got to imagine for especially for veterans spring training can get pretty monotonous and drag on. How much time do you think they spend talking about like handshakes and these sort of like gimmicks celebrations after they do a home run? I got to imagine that takes up a good portion of time in spring training. Yeah, I mean uh, probably because they're all just, you know, messing around. I mean it's it's one of these things like it happens on teams all the time. I, a funny story, my wife played softball at um at Mary Washington College and <laughs> they always talk about the story. Her friend Julia was uh, like one of the, the girls. She's, she's like a big personality. She's a funny chick. 
And at some point, for whatever reason, they were, my wife was going up to, uh, to get something in the cafeteria and Julia thought it would be hilarious to take a bagel and throw it at her and <laughs> threw a bagel across the cafeteria and nailed my wife in the head. And the, the <laughs> thought of that is just hysterical to me and just like, just, I can picture it happening. And I, and I, and I think it's absolutely amazing because those, those types of like team at things, like dumb shit like that happens all the time. Like we used to do dumb shit like that. But like something like Dude. that can happen in the middle of a season and then that becomes a gimmick. Then all of a sudden there's a bagel out in the field and like these guys are kissing and smooching bagels when they get a hit. Like, you know, it's got to happen organically, though. Did a um, oh, smooching a bagel with the hole in the middle. Might, might be oh, right. yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did a food fight animal style break out after the bagel was thrown? No, I think people were just absolutely in shock that someone got hit in the head with a bagel that, you know, just just, you know, people die of laughing. Right. What's up next? Next is from uh, Coach Carter at E underscore train 32. How do you think the deeper bullpen will affect Batantis come August, September? He's someone who needs to throw often, but also seems spent when, the, when it comes to the important games. Will D-Rob uh, Canely for a full season help or hurt Dylan over the course of the season? So Batantis from 2014 to 2016 led the league for relievers in innings pitched, appearances he was always near the top of the charts and we always complained about Girardi's usage of him that he was using him too much the bullpen warm-up pitches b-whips that he would be up every day even when it was unnecessary I, I, I remember us bitching about a game at Fenway Park where the Yankees had like a seven-run lead and just because Batanzas hadn't thrown in two days he was up in the game it's like it was so unnecessary for a guy who'd already thrown a crap ton of innings but last year that actually wasn't the case he only threw 59 innings uh, Green, Robertson, Canley, and even Clippard all pitched more than him, and he still kind of faltered in September. So what? What's the what's the deal with Batances? How do we not have him suck in September? <laughs> what's the deal with Dellen Batances? I don't know what his deal is because this was the year that we thought that everything was going to be fine. He was going to be nice and fresh towards the end of the year, and he imploded. Which which leads me further down the line in thinking that it's between the ears that this is a mental problem. And the fact that you're throwing all these innings, maybe the B-whips aren't affecting him as much. Maybe he's just psyching himself out, getting in his own damn head at bad times. And it's not physical. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. But he's got to figure it out. And I do think it's between the ears. So I hope they got him a sports psychologist for the offseason. And then he got all that shit straightened out. Like, if there's other issues, figure these, figure these things out. Because... Um, figure last, it out. Last year it. was the last year was the year that he was supposed to be great. Fifty nine point two innings in two thousand seventeen. Chad Green, David Robertson, Tommy Canley, and Tyler freaking Clippard all threw more innings than Dylan Batantis. So the excuse of him throwing too much out the window. If yeah, a Clippard sucked, he bounced around to three teams and then got a freaking World Series ring. I'm just saying he threw more innings. So let's just figure this out. All right. Well, Boone's, Boone's usage of the bullpen is going to be one thing that I'm most looking forward to if, as far as his development as a manager goes because that's like one of the biggest ways you can impact the team as a manager is how you handle the bullpen. I agree. Um, all right. The next one is from Chris Cretero. It is a fun question. Sup, guys? It's Chris from Toronto. I was looking up Tanaka for no real reason and started reading about his high school days. This is what I found. Quote, Tanaka led, oh God, Tamakoriai High School to a regional title as, a, as well as a championship in the Meiji Jingu tournament that fall, hitting more, <laughs> hitting home runs in four straight games uh, in the latter. Yes, I know it's high school, but since the offseason is dormant, I propose both of you guys each pick uh, four pitchers, starters and relievers, who you'd like to see in a pitchers only home run derby at Yankee Stadium. Remember, Monty's got the short porch with CeCe and Severino having raw Dominican strength. Okay, well, first of all, this would last about five minutes before someone pulls a hamstring or an oblique muscle. But uh, you want to do a little snake draft here so it's fair and we can each pick four guys off the 40-man uh, roster from yeah. the pitching staff? <clears throat> I'm ready to go. I, got, um, I hope I have my squad. So I'm going first, and obviously I'm taking Sabathia because he is the, uh, the Babe Ruth of the team. Okay, so, so I have two. I have two guys now. Uh, mm -hmm. Snake draft. Okay, so my next one is going to be a spite move, and it's going to be Masahiro Tanaka, um, because he's going <laughs> to rookie pick. No, 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 no. It's a spite move because not only has do we now have information that he can hit home runs. He saw 
also how Ichiro, we know that he would dominate. I feel like he would get that that like running swing as well. I think he's got a, a you know, a lot of the Japanese players do have that that leaning swing. I think that he would really take advantage of that and really get his ass into it. Um, obviously, he knows how to get the ball out of the ballpark. So I'm going with Tanaka. And you talk so much shit about him that he wants to beat you so badly that I feel like it's going to just muster up really good feelings mm-hmm. um, and, and do very well. And so he listens to the podcast now. Yes, he does. And mm-hmm. the my second pick is going to be Araldus Chapman. Damn uh, it. Because was, he's a freak athlete. A freak athlete. Yeah. And I think he's got the raw strength and coordination to do it. That's a, that's a really good pick. Uh, all right. I'm going with Tommy Canely. Damn because it. Because I, f- I feel like um, he'll just put like a giant dip in. Yeah. And he gets really hot, like really buzzed. And yep. he just, he'll just swing out of his shoes for like 100 straight pitches. He yeah. seems like that kind of He's a bulldog, hit. man. He's got like that Bob Wickman. Uh, it feels like a, uh, a David Walls type guy. Yeah. My next pick, I think uh, this is going to be a little bit of a wild card, but I'm going Monty because of the left-handed. I just think it's going to be easier for lefties to get the ball out of Yankee Stadium. Okay, I don't see I don't see Monty having the coordination to do that personally. <laughs> Gumby, yeah. that long that long swing, a lot of uh, a lot of whip in that swing. Yeah, I, I don't see it. All right, so um, I got two now. The first one is going to be these are my last two, right? So I'm mm-hmm. going with um, Chad Green. 63210 I like that. I think he's a he's a guy that that looks like he's got some uh, some good coordination. I think he'd be able to swing a bat. And I'm going to go with a wild card here. Just like a veteran presence because I feel like he just he'd know exactly uh, how to take care, how to take advantage of like those old man rules um, and, and just hit the ball in the in the right spot. Uh, Adam Warren. I'm going with Adam Warren because I think he would be a uh, he's got the he's got the the ass behind him. <laughs> I feel like he'd be able to make some good contact. And played in the oh. National League for a hot minute. Okay, uh, my last pick. All the guys are gone. I'm just trying to picture a lot. Picture a lot of these guys at the plate, and it, it's going to be pretty ugly. So I'm just going to go pick someone out of Domingo German. Maybe he'll be good. Okay. No basis on that. Just maybe. Nope. Just, just he's got something to prove. Okay. He's my last pick, so why not? All right. That was a fun question, Chris. So thanks, thanks for, uh, thanks for doing that. All right. Uh, final topic today. Um, I was perusing the old Twitter machine and saw that David Wells tweeted, if I was to write another... Well, f- hold on. Breaking news here. He actually <laughs> wrote a book? He says another book. Didn't he write something about, the, about his perfect game? Did he already do that? I thought he did. I okay. don't know. There's so many books out there. With I just assumed there was a book right. you know, that was about... That. You read the tweet because I'm going to look up his book. Oh, great. I'm going to read this drunk-ass tweet. <laughs> so from at Boomer Wells 33, and I'm, I'm reading this. This is not me stuttering. If I was to write another book, not saying I am, but if I did, what would want me to write? Four, <laughs> four question marks. I'm interested in your thoughts. And the number one response was uh, from our boy David Cohn, I just sharted myself. <laughs> and Now, we real. don't know. We don't know if that's his response to Wells writing another book or if that should be the title of it. The title or the topic, because maybe David Wells was a big charter in the, in the dugout and in the clubhouse and it just happened on multiple occurrences and he wants to talk about these multiple sharding incidents. Or David Cohn was like, you're such a drunk idiot right now. I just sharted myself because I'm laughing. I so, don't know. I, uh, I, we, need, we need some clarification on the context here. Wells does have a book. It was published in 2004. It's called Perfect I'm Not, Boomer on Beer, Brawls, Backaches, and Baseball. And you can have it from hard, uh, from 25 cents on hardcover. So for just a quarter, you can get uh, Wells' book. Is that a used copy that potentially might, might have some, uh, some, sharts, some shart on the book? Some splatterings? <laughs> That's disgusting. I can't wait for his next book. I might read that one, and then we can have him on the podcast to uh, talk about the book. Maybe yeah. he can get some more book sales from this podcast. Absolutely. We definitely need to get Boomer on this. This is, uh, this is 100% we need to get Boomer on. <clears throat> All right. Let's wrap it up. I know you have to run. Everyone, I have to go to a, I have to go to a petting zoo. Right. Keep an eye out for the uh, – the t- go on the website. Get, get your tickets for the uh, Bronx Pinstripes events going to be fun and uh, looking forward to all those events. Scott, any last words? Pitchers and catchers, baby. Coming up this week. Talk to you guys next week. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees.